Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello. Lisa, come on. Come again, again. I don't know what her policy is, but she's on strike seven. Hey, everybody, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on Mother's Day. Any mothers in the room? Oh, whoa, that's a pretty good number. Well, hey, we're going we're gonna to jump into um, a discussion about you ladies and lots of other things. But first, we're going to do an offering together. So our ushers are going to come forward and just pass along these offering bags. Uh, if you would pray with me, that'd be great. God, thank you for the worship that we just got to experience together and join in together and invite you into together. Just pray that we would continue, that we would be able to worship in other ways, not just with song. We'd be able to worship with our, with our, with our money. We'd be able to, to say thank you and I love you uh, and just recognizing the things that you've given to us, that we give a piece of it back to you just in appreciation. So thank you for, for all the things that you've given to us. Thank you for, for mothers who, I believe, uh, learned how to sacrifice because they learned it from you. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 They're going to pass those along. And so, hey, I got, um, let's see. I got a... a, a a thing I want to do today, we've, we've done before in the past, and we're going to see how it works out today. Uh, this is not an exercise to uh, embarrass anyone or anything like that. You, you can take part in it if you want to or not. Um, but the, the first question, it's just a couple questions. Um, guys, you are probably out on this. Uh, how many of you in this room are moms? Again. Can you keep your, your hand up a second? We got, we got quite a few. Quite a few. How many of you are moms? What was the question? That's strike eight. How many of you, how many of you in the room are single moms? Single moms. A lot. A lot of you. And that's hard. Uh, I was raised by a single dad, um, and it was just hard. It was hard. Um, it's really hard, and I don't know how you do it. It's well done, is all I can say. Um, how, if you think that you might be the youngest single mom in the room, raise your hand if you think you might be the youngest. <laughs> All right, We're, we'll, get, we'll get back to that one in a minute, okay? So, who do you think's the oldest? No, no. Let's, we, don't, we, don't ask, we don't ask that question. Okay, here's what we're going to do now. I know that we just did an offering, but good churches do another one. Uh, they do a backup offering to try to make sure you don't have anything left. No, I'm just kidding. What we've done in the past uh, on Mother's Day is this is just a way for us to bless a single mom, and so if, uh, if, you, would, if you would please um, check your pockets 
Uh, maybe you gave a little bit, but this one's going to go directly to a single mom that's here. And so uh, would you ushers pass along the official uh, collection buckets? This in particular is going to a single mom. Today's message is, uh, is called Honor Thy Mother. Honor Thy Mother. Uh, some of you are here today because just showing up is a way that you are able to honor your mother. Some of you are able to honor your mother today even though your mother isn't with us anymore by you showing up, right? The Bible says honor thy mother. Honor thy mother and thy father and that you will live a long life because of it. All right, Kevin, will you do the official dumping of buckets together whenever you think that is ready? And just, you can just bring it to me whenever that's done. We're gonna jump in, okay? All right, so today, uh, normally we don't jump right into a big chunk of scripture, but today it's a little bit easier to go that way. We're going to look at the Ten Commandments. These are in the Old Testament. And so a lot of people, if they're not really familiar with Christianity, they will come at us and say, well, what about these rules? These are crazy. And we're like, those are the Ten Commandments, man. You, those are expired. A lot of those, are, I mean... Jesus fulfilled those, like there's a new and improved version of that. And so people will say, oh, how can you believe that uh, people are not able to, you know, that, that they're not... <laughs> Some things have changed. The Ten Commandments, this is an Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. It says, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. And so right here, here's one of them, verse 4. Uh, if you were to buy a little cartoon devil, say like uh, Funko Pop, anybody know what those are? One that's a little devil or a demon or a cartoon character that was, you know, from hell. You have just broken, oh, commandment four. You've broken one of the Ten Commandments. Interesting. It says, you shall not bow down to them who, or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God spells it out right there, and, and people would say, oh, you're just jealous. You're daggone right I am. <laughs> I'm that way because my Father in heaven is that way, because he will not uh, share his love with somebody else, and so I can't do that either, and it's that thing where sometimes people think that you're mature if you're not jealous. I say you're a fool. You need to be jealous if you love somebody. And I don't mean doing stupid things, but God himself is a jealous lover. And I'm not going to have anybody else love you the way that I do. I'm not going to have anybody else come along and 
uh, take some of that away from me. He says, you will have no other God before me. I'm a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But also showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Keeping. Mine is missing a G for some reason. I don't think that's, I don't think, I don't think that's legal. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On that you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long, a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do you all feel like you honor your mother? That you honor your mother? And what does that mean really? And right away when I say it, some of you are saying, my mom isn't honorable immediately. And some of us have that situation in our head and in our mind, in our life. And so we are commanded. And, and then we're reminded, what did Ryan say? Those were like expired laws. You don't have to do those things. You don't, you don't have to adhere, but they are excellent rules. They are truths. They are uh, ways to live your life that have been proven to do it differently and to be better than others at life, at experiencing the things that God has for you and having joy and having hope and having peace. And this part says, honor your father and your mother, no matter who they are. Honor them. What does that look like? Verse 13 says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. A lot of people get stuck. Verse 13 says, thou shalt not murder. Um, people will, on the internet, they'll change the word murder to kill. It's not the same word. Um, thou shalt not kill is not the same as thou shalt not murder. Those are two different things. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That's just like lying. Don't lie about anybody. We put his garbage in with my cans. We had that for several years once. We had a garbage bandit. That's what we called them. We busted them. Somebody here from this church, we, we caught them at 2 in the morning. Um, I went out to my garbage really late at night, and there were three giant black garbage bags that I didn't put there, and I got super freaked out right away. I thought there were bodies in them. <laughs> I don't know. I, right away, I'm like, they're bodies. They're, all, they're a bunch of bodies. It's a dozen of them. Um, but they weren't. But it was my neighbor several houses away, and he was getting free <laughs> garbage service for a while. 
I figured it out. It wasn't bodies, it was just cheapness. <laughs> Anyways, what he said, number 17, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's perfect grass with no dandelions. You shall not covet your neighbor's trophy wife or his male or female servant. You shall not covet, covet his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's cars now. It's like now it's cars, not his ox or his donkey. When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and the smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. And they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. And that is uh, the way that things were. If you were in the presence of God, everybody at that time was, it was well, I'm dying. Because it was terrifying. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. And so of those ten commandments that we just went through, there's only one of them that has a promise attached to it. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that, so do this thing. All the other ones just say, do this thing because I said so. This one says, honor your father and your mother so that you may, have long, you may live long, so that you may have a long life in the land your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, today we've come together first and foremost, to celebrate and honor Jesus. Um, we've had lots of people come along at different times, and which I, I, I want to put up a gigantic American flag, but we always have to just remind ourselves that we're here to worship Jesus. Um, we love moms, but we're here to honor Jesus first and foremost. Um, but it is a day that's set apart to honor our mothers, and honor our grandmothers, honor the mothers of our kids. Um, I'm one of those people who has kind of like a mother who's not really my mother. Um, you might have non-biological mothers, that that's the person that you call mom. And when you think of mom, that's the person that's there. Motherhood is the uh, it's, it, it's been really weird for me to be able to watch it uh, because my wife became one of those. And she transformed into something different and something better, something improved, something like stronger. Because motherhood is a gift that comes from God. It's this miraculous thing that, that happens when a woman gives birth to a baby. With her first child, there are two births that happen. Birth of a baby and the birth of a mom all of a sudden, and everything changes, right? And everything changes for dad, too, when he's, he's like, holy crap, oh my God, I gotta do what she says now. <laughs> and it's this incredible thing that God does in his workshop. But then your mom, and it's like your kids are age four, and it's so cute, and um, the, the kids are thinking, my mom can do anything, right? Whoa! Then those kids are 12, and they're like, my mom doesn't know anything. 
at all. And then they're 18 and they're like, oh, mom's just, it's not that she doesn't know anything. It's she's out of step with like what's going on. She's, she's not hip. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know how to do the Tic Tacs. When they're age 25, they're like, well, I think my mom actually does know some things. And then they're 35, and they start saying things like, well, before we decide on that, let me talk to my mom. Let me talk to my mom to see what, to see what she thinks. And there's a husband standing by like, <laughs> I researched that for 14 hours. But you're, yeah, check with your mom. Age 45, you say, I wonder what my mom would have said about this sometimes. Uh, I wonder what she would do. I wonder what she would tell me. Maybe at age 65, uh, you're saying, I wish I could talk to my mom again. I just wish I could hear her voice. I wish I could talk to my mom again. Moms are multifaceted. They can have an angelic voice. It's like in a celestial choir that sings these lullabies to their baby who's held lovingly in their arms. But I've also heard them scream when dinner's ready or when something's not getting cleaned up or when the dishwasher's not empty or whatever. Multifaceted. A lot of times moms display patience when anybody else would have given up. Uh, what I think of with that is, I don't know if, a lot of you ladies don't seem to be familiar with what's called a man cold. Uh, they're different than regular colds that you all get. Yours seem easy. Ours are horrible. And they take a lot of care and we do a lot of whining because they're so bad. Um, God, I just, the longer I'm married, the longer I see my wife being a mom, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, I am a wuss. There was a mom pushing a shopping cart through Kroger's and had a, a little girl with her up in that child part of the cart. And this little girl's riding in the cart and, this, and she was just screaming nonstop. And when everybody is stopping what they're doing and looking at them and it's embarrassing. This baby, she's a, she's a, a toddler. She won't stop screaming. And her mom just keeps saying, now... Calm down, Ellen, calm down. It, it's going to be all right, Ellen. It's, gonna, it's almost time to go home, Ellen. Ellen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And the cashier saw this and she said, Ma'am, you need to be commended at how patient you are with little Ellen there. Really, really good job. And the mom said, Lady, I'm Ellen. It's a dumb joke. I, I figured I could shoehorn in there somewhere. The scripture we read today said, Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land. The apostle Paul echoed these words in his letter to the believers in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Honor your father and your mother. 
with, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And I understood right away that some of you in this room are thinking, like, yeah, my, again, again, my mother wasn't honorable. My mother wasn't honorable, but the thing is, the scriptures are clear. And if you're a believer, one of the things about being a believer, even if you're not there yet in your heart or in your mind, you're a believer already. Sometimes we have to catch up. Sometimes we have to get, um, we have to mature and get to a place where we believe all the stuff. One of the stuffs that you're going to need to believe at some point is that if God said it, you believe it. If he said it, you believe it. If he said it, it's true. And the thing that he said is you should honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he never hugged you. It doesn't matter if she was abusive. It doesn't matter if he called you horrible names. It doesn't matter if she, um, you know, she was never even around because she was working all the time. It doesn't matter. The scripture is clear that there's no qualification. There's no qualification for, uh, well, which mothers do you honor? It says honor thy mother. Well, which ones? Is it all? Yeah, it's all of them. There's only one requirement to receive honor, and that is because she's your mom. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that has that promise attached to it. You will receive a blessing if you honor your mother. Jesus honored his mom, his mom Mary, even as he was put up on the cross and hanging on the cross. One of the last things that Jesus did on this earth was take care of his mama. One of the last things that he did. Man, we got, this is, uh, this is pretty loaded. Um... Oh my gosh. There's gift cards in here. Some of you came prepared. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's hundreds of dollars in here. This is good. Uh, so who in here is a single mom? Who's a single mom in this room? Come on, you got less hands now. You got less hands. Who, who is, who's the youngest? I need ages. Be honest. It is. Is it you? How old? 45. It's yours. Happy Mother's Day. And you use this for whatever you want. God bless you. Thank you, church. That is, uh, man, that's nice. That is nice. Man, I'm so... What? Huh? That's what you do when you don't know what to say. You just repeat. Jesus honored his mother, Mary. He takes care of his mama. Even his dying moments, uh, he, he never stops loving her. He never stops honoring her. He never stops making sure that she's okay. 
This is what God's word says from the Gospel of John. It says in John 19, this is during the crucifixion of Jesus. It says, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side as Jesus in the middle. Pilate had, had a notice prepared and fastened it to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. They're like, no, no, not technically. That's what they're doing. He claimed it's um, assistant to the regional manager versus. It says, do not write king of the Jews, but this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I've written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it, like by drawing straws, basically, for Jesus' underwear. It says, this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. This is one of those where if you're wondering about the, the truth of Jesus coming as the Messiah, this was one of those prophecies that was foretold a couple thousand years before that said, whoever this Messiah is, you'll know it because um, one of the ways you'll know it is that they're going to divide his clothing among them and cast lots for his garment. That's never happened to me. It happens to Jesus because it's a, it's, a, it's a prophetic word that comes true in front of us. It says, so this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And so Jesus is saying, as he hangs on the cross, about his friend who has showed up there, who's just devastated, he says, woman, I'm not allowed to say that to my mom. Woman! He says, woman, this is your son, my friend. I'm leaving. He's staying. This is your son now. He points to his friend and he says, and that is your mother. And that is your mother. This is your son and that is your mother. Here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. And so we're standing near the cross in this scene and Jesus is about to die. And there's three Marys and there's a disciple. The disciple, it says, whom Jesus loved. The common belief is that that disciple was John, the writer of the Gospel of John. Um, 
But a lot of scholars believe that this disciple mentioned was actually Lazarus. That it's more likely it was Lazarus, the disciple that Jesus loved. Remember when Lazarus died, and it's the time that we see Jesus cry. The only time we see Jesus cry is that his friend Lazarus dies and he just can't stand it. And so he raises Lazarus back from the dead. It was one of the things that people say is the only possible selfish thing that Jesus ever did. Because Lazarus is dead and he believes in Jesus completely, right? If you believe in Jesus completely, where do you go when you die? You go to heaven, right? Except Jesus was sad and so he resurrected him. And so maybe Lazarus was in heaven and got sucked back out. Right? And he's like, what? No. Kill me. Earlier in John's gospel, Lazarus is the one who is referred to by name as the one that Jesus loves. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he goes on to tell this disciple that Mary, his own mother, that he needs to turn to this disciple and say, from now on, that is your mom. I know you, from this, you thought it was my mom. I'm leaving. She's your mom. Whoever this disciple is, he knows, and he just nods his head yes. He says, absolutely, of course. It's not even a question. He makes his oral testament in front of witnesses, which makes it binding that that is now your mother. And when, in that time, when it was your mother, you were legal, legally bound to take care of her so that she wouldn't become a beggar or something worse. It says, and he formally placed his mother under the disciples' protection, requiring him to provide Mary after his death. Uh, I just can't help but think, Jesus, one of the things that's going through his mind is I can't let Lazarus stay dead because he knows how it's all going to work out. He knows the beginning and the end. He's outside of time. He knows uh, the, the other side of the tapestry, like when we don't know what's going on yet, he sees what's going to happen. And Jesus says, I can't let Lazarus stay dead. Who's going to look after my mom? I can't let Lazarus stay dead. Who's going to look after my mom? We're called to honor our mothers. Proverbs chapter 4 says, cherish her. And she will exalt you. My mom exalts me. It's annoying. Um, I'm like, what? She's, she's telling people I did incredible stuff I didn't do. Like, she, in a good way, though, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she exalts me, though. It's it's surprising and amazing that she does that. It says, cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will honor you. You care for her. You show respect for her. You obey her. You prize her highly. It says in 1 Kings 3, now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, what I always love in church is like whenever we're reading a story and it says prostitutes, everybody's like, they kind of sit up, it like kind of perks up. You guys going to, I see it out there happen. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house and I had a baby while she was there with me. I don't know what that means. 
The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. And so she got up in the middle of the night and she took my son from my side while I was asleep. She put him by her breast and she put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, not, morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, this one says my son is alive and your son is dead, while that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. And so they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Cut the child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. He said, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Some of you in this room have wisdom from God to administer justice. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect mom. Um, it is actually a larger percentage of moms hate this day than like it, which is super sad. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect mom. I was talking to someone this morning uh, who had to give their baby up for adoption a long time ago. And this is, the, this is one of those days where she feels like crap. Or just hates this day. And it's super common. And you need to hear that... Um, that you're a good mom. If that was the only move that you made, a good mom makes sure that her baby is okay. And sometimes that's with other people. For some of you, you have kids that are still at home or even maybe your kids are grown up, they left, but they're, they're wayward in some way. They're, they're, things, things went haywire. And you think everybody's wondering what you did wrong and, and you tried to do everything right, but... You don't know what you did wrong. They just went wrong. There's no such thing in the world as a perfect mom. But if there's anybody in the world um, who, who's willing to overlook our faults, it's our mom. Because she has overlooked so many of our faults. We're all wayward children in some way, aren't we? Do any of you... Like, you think you're pretty good, but your parents hate something about you, right? Yeah? Maybe? No? 
Like something you do to annoy them? Something you argue about? Man, come on. Oh, my gosh. I don't believe you. But we're all wayward children in some way or another. Uh, We honor our moms because of all the giving that they do and the way that she reminds us of God. Uh, Some of you are here today and you're honoring your mom because it's the first year where she's not here and you don't know what to do. Um, And what I would say to do is uh, instead of letting it be a continually sad day every year that you would start a new tradition on this day, uh, every Mother's Day from now on, you do something that reminds you of mom You grab something that you can do that every year we go and we paint these rocks. Every year we make chili and we throw this kind of party. Every year we do this on Mother's Day, this thing so that you can remember beautiful things about your mom and that it can be a day to look forward to, that you can invite more people into. I know that sounds hard too, but it's doable. It's very, very doable. Uh, and you, you're not going to want to not do it, and you're going to want to just sit around and be sad and cry, but you do it anyways, and when people show up, all of a sudden you're cheered up. Some of you, um, you, you know, some of you in the, in the, a, lot, a lot of people have had abortions, and it's really hard, and uh, I know that a lot of moms feel huge guilt or shame over that. Um, If you have given your life to Christ, if you have accepted his gift of grace, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Um, If you are holding yourself hostage, you are holding yourself in unforgiveness, I'm just going to remind you that you are thinking yourself bigger and better than God. Because God has chosen to forgive you. He chose to forgive you. If you are holding yourself to a higher standard than God, man, you are something. God forgives you. He forgives you, he forgives you, he forgives you. We're, we're actually at that time. Here's what we're, we're going to do. We're going to uh, pray a blessing over the moms in the room. So any, any moms, any single or not single, moms that have uh, kids that are grown or little, if you all would please stand up, we would love to pray a blessing over you. Any moms, any moms in the room. Now, the rest of you here, if you would... If you're not a mom, if you would just extend a hand towards someone um, in their general direction, we're going to pray that they would be blessed. Even if you've never prayed before, I promise it'll work. It won't backfire. It won't bite you. God, thank you for these mothers. Thank you for women who have fought for us. Thank you for strong influences on what to do and what is right and what is wrong. Thank you for moms who taught us justice. Thank you for moms who taught us bargains. Thank you for moms who taught us how to cook. Thank you for moms who taught us how to tie our shoes, how to, um, you know, how to make a ponytail. 
God, we pray that you would bless these moms in this room, that uh, if any of them are feeling worn out, if they're feeling unappreciated, that you would just speak life into their heart. That they are good, that they are valued, that they mean something, that they are the mortar that holds the bricks of the family together. And so we just pray, come Holy Spirit, that you would breathe the breath of life into them, that any moms who are struggling right now, that they wouldn't be able to explain it, but this next week is just different. It's just different because they're walking with you, because you have their back, because things, red lights are turning green. We say, come Holy Spirit, bless these mothers, give them favor. I'm praying that they would be receiving unexpected checks in the mail. Yeah, that uh, you would be taking care of things and releasing pressure and stress and anxiety and worry and fear. That mama's taking care of her babies and she's doing it well. We praise you, Jesus, and we thank you for the example of just what you did with your mom. Making sure that she's taken care of, honoring her. We pray that we would be able to honor ours, whatever that looks like. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Happy Mother's Day. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you guys have a good one. Be nice to mom. Bless her. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.